0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Ventures Podcast. This episode with Mike Anderson is the start of our new proto incubator around the ideation stage for startups. So we actually dive into our own thoughts and opinions based on starting and building companies and investing in companies about what makes a great startup idea a lot of the material you'll see on the internet that has been written about this has was written 15 years ago a lot has changed there's lots of different aspects a lot of different things we've learned from the tons of startups out there that have failed why did they fail was there something about their idea or the way they thought about the way that they are infatuated with their market and bringing value to their customers and bringing their team that we can glean uh, as we go about the process of venture building So if you're listening to this episode, you can also watch by visiting wclittle.com. There I'll have more extensive show notes to the things that we talk about today. And if you're watching, you can also listen anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can just search for ventures and it should show up. So with that, please enjoy this episode with Mike Anderson. All right, Mike, welcome back to the show. Uh-huh. So this week starts our new incubator program, the cohort of people that are right at the idea stage when building a startup. And we have a session this Tuesday at, at the, will be the date of the launch of this podcast uh, and, and Thursday as well. First question for you, is it too late for people that maybe are just hearing about this for the first time? Is it too late or is there potentially still a way to participate in this cohort in Q4 here?
1: Yeah, it's it's not too late because this is all a learning experience and, uh, and all the things will be uh, recorded and they'll be available on uh, Google Drive and the community will still be there. So uh, regardless of what your reason for wanting to start a startup is, uh, whether you want to be a founder, co-founder, technical, you know, like whatever your thing is that you do, this is a great place to uh, test your idea and meet others. So it's not too late.
0: Love it. Love it. Okay. So and where can people go to uh, sign up just as, 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 a, uh, as a reminder?
1: Yep. You can go to protolabs.com, fill out that application, um, and
0: you will get an invite to the meeting. Great. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes as well, so you can just click and, and link on it. All right. So today, we're going to talk about ideation. On, on a Tuesday and Thursday session today, we're going to be diving into lot, lots of different aspects of what, what is a good startup idea. Now, that is a loaded question. I have a lot of opinions on it. I've written a lot about it. And that has changed over the last 15 years in light of the evolving markets, technology, uh, opportunity to acquire customers, depending on sort of what your revenue model is and and your field. But let me just step back and ask you, Mike, because you've been starting and scaling companies for well over a decade. In your opinion right now, off the top of your head, or you've probably been thinking about this for a while, but what makes a good startup idea how should founders be thinking about startup ideation
1: yeah so the startup idea is the seed right and so a seed has the dna of what that thing's going to eventually become once it interacts with the environment and mm-hmm. so um that seed needs to have enough of a uh, of that basic code like the vision of what this tree is going to be at some point in time but it also needs to be adaptable because it's going to meet reality and that's going to change what's going on. And so like a good idea takes into account what problem is being solved for whom and what that enables for being able to generate margin or energy. Right. So it's, that seed's got to be planted somewhere where the sun's shining basically. And so uh, you're thinking about the market, you're thinking about, um, you're thinking about the users and then you're thinking about what tools you have to be able to add value.
0: Yeah. 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 One of my biggest talking points on this, on this topic is that there is a tendency for entrepreneurs to come up with ideas that in theory could be good, but that's a, that can be a trap, right? I've been pitched over the last 15 years by, I don't know how many people trying to start a, a, a social media for pets, for example. There's a reason why social media pets don't, isn't, isn't necessarily a thing, although there might be little ones out there, and why that hasn't taken and and, and scaled off. Um, And it really comes down to if you are the entrepreneur and you are serious about pursuing building your product, testing whether it's a thing, becoming it's becoming a company, and whether you're the CEO or maybe on the executive team or on the board or something like that. There's a zillion little questions around that when it comes to the actual execution of your idea. So some of the ideas that pop in your head might actually be a great idea if somebody else is executing it. <laughs> so the key from a priority standpoint is to come up with an idea that addresses a problem or serves an opportunity in a market that you actually care about and hopefully have some domain expertise in. And then if you're just, maybe you have some money and you want to pay other people to build it and just be sort of like an executive chair or somebody on the board that's going to help make it happen or an early investor or something like that, or are you the CEO? These questions actually matter right when you're coming up with the idea. So yes, you can have the problem. Yes, you maybe have some opportunity, whether you're building a game or a B2B marketplace, or you're building some sort of direct B2B uh, digital application, or you're building a consumer app, right? I mean, there's dozens of of different types of sort of revenue models out there. Um, It really takes looking in the mirror. And as venture capitalists, we talk about this concept of founder market fit, right? You've heard of founder, you've heard of product market fit. But if the founder doesn't have the right fit in the market, you're kind of dead on arrival. So that's that's one that's an initial talking point that I definitely want to definitely want to make sure. Now, a lot of event now, if you want to approach it a different way, a lot of VCs will actually publish, you know, angel groups, etc. Will publish what they're looking to invest in. So, if you want to, you know, we'll put some links to things in the the show notes here. But if you want to actually just scan the like call for startups that a lot of VC groups have. That could be an easy way for you to come up with an idea if it matches your talents and market expertise. So that's, that's, another, that's another thing. So, Mike, I'll hand it back to you. Question for you. How has startup, the startup game changed? You know, what is in, in light of the evolving technologies, all the Web3 things? In your opinion, what has changed about starting a startup and what hasn't changed?
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen one of those like Mandelbrot sets, like the fractals where it just gets smaller and smaller. Mm. So like there used to be a day when, uh, if you could use Ruby on rails, you could create a product that you could get in front of people and have mass appeal, right? Like today, Basecamp one could be created in a few weeks by some talented people, but that's no longer the case, right? Like the market has been like, there's like a fractal. So you're, you're finding pieces of markets. And so, um, what has to happen now is you have to be able to go really deep on a really specific subset of the market or you have to create a new market. Mm. And new markets are being created through things like Web3. New markets are being created through things like AR and some of the some of the machine learning uh, uh, visualizations you're seeing today. There's all kinds of new technology and that new technology is allowing you to go and take a previously existing market and add more value to it, different value to it or a or spin. So um, what I would say is like, Uh, there is a, the, the startup space is way more crowded than it was a while back. We could just say like back in the day, Hey, I want to create a better camera app for an iPhone. Right. (laughs) If you try to do that today, that's going to be a really hard thing to do. But, but if you did that same thing with, uh, with like the new Dolly algorithm or something similar, that's going to be a space where there will be a winner.
0: Hmm. That's okay. So you just touched on a very important point, right? We talk in startup land around this why now, right? Which usually should be a part of your deck if you're a pre-seed or seed. It's like, why is right now the right time to do it? You can imagine back in the day when mobile became a thing, that was the right time to start Uber and Lyft because there was this huge market need for it. Um, people have these phones with GPS on them or, you know, why not press a button and have a car come take you from point A to point B. So that was a really important time. So yeah, you would have a hard time starting a rideshare app today or a camera app or et cetera, et cetera. But the question is, what are those next technologies that now are readily available with a large and growing market that you could double down and add some value? Now, so this concept of value, right? There's a lot of different frameworks and others out there talk about this value proposition. That's another trap where if you can theoretically think of value for people, then you should, This there's a concept in startups about just scratching your own itch. If that's something you would pay for, right? If something like I need it right now and would pay for it. And if you can, Have a large number of people who also feel the same way. Hence, you got to talk to people, uh, validate your idea. Um, Then you might be onto something. And it's anywhere. Typically, if like if you see a spreadsheet somewhere, there's something not optimized in your daily workflow that you're like, hey, why? There actually could be an app or something or 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 software that can help optimize that. Um, Those are places to look with regard to scratching your own itch and solving your own problems so that you, yes, I, if you're like, yes, I would pay $20 a month for this thing or everything seems to be $15 a month now now, the whole Netflix things and whatnot. Um, but it's like, I would pay $15 a month for this thing. Then if you could go talk to 50 of your friends and then 50 of your friends of friends to say, yes, I would also pay $50 a month for that thing. Then you may want to build that thing. Uh, though that's an example of how the 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 relationship between your idea and validating that idea are actually very closely related so when thinking about ideas it's actually you can't you can't um, reduce it to its component parts you really have to kind of evaluate as we've been talking about, whether you're the right person to <laughs> execute this idea, whether there are people who would actually, you know, shut up and take my money kind of thing. And that that's what you want. You you want people into like, where do I write the check right now? I need it now. Uh, my life would not be as awesome if I didn't have your thing, uh, your product. Those are the kind of signals you want to look look for, even when you're in the process of ideating and yeah, there's just there's there's so much there. I mean, Mike, when, when you get pitched ideas, what are the ideas that that are more compelling to you that make you more excited about, about about others?
1: Yeah, so when I when I see somebody that like sees the wave coming of a certain technology or cultural trend, mm-hmm. and then they've figured out like a novel and unique spin on like how they could do that in a way where it's like, oh, that makes it really easy for me to tell my friend about. Then I'm like, okay, they're onto something because they're, they're seeing something coming. So it says like, okay, they're they aware of the situation. They're aware of what they're capable of and they know how to articulate it in a way that they're going to be able to attract investors and employees and customers and all those sorts of things. And I actually, on top of that, I want to say, uh, you brought up the rideshare app thing. And I think there's actually a really interesting twist on this, right? Because mm-hmm. like, like you're bringing up that, uh, Hey, there was a time when mobile apps were first coming out and Lyft and Uber came and they just, they dominated, Right. But it wasn't easy to dominate because they had a multi-sided marketplace. They had to attract a bunch of drivers who didn't, maybe didn't have cars. They needed to solve a lot of problems. Now they don't need to solve that many problems. Hmm. And so when you look at it, what they've done to their drivers is they've actually like, they're not making enough money anymore. And so there's actually somebody in our cohort who is, was an Uber driver and has figured out how to go around Uber and create his own business direct to customers in off like smaller networked areas. And he personally has done 4,000 rides this year at like way higher margins. And he's looking for how he can empower other drivers to do the same thing. And so it's like, it's a really interesting example yeah, as the market changes and as Uber and Lyft are solving different problems, all of a sudden that shadow that they were casting now might open up a, a little bit of sunlight now that the market conditions change.
0: Especially, yeah. I, I, yeah. And where I thought you were going to go with that, maybe this is part of it, is that new technology like a blockchain. And the ability to disintermediate and decentralize a commonly used application like an amazon.com or a lyft or an uber could also now create since the rails in the same way that airbnb kind of copied what was going on on craigslist right craigslist had the short-term housing section of of their uh of their of their offering and they sort of disentangle Dis- disintermediate. What's it called? There's a there's yeah a, there's, disintermediate. Yeah, there's a term for that where they sort of decouple these components and they and they and they poach a little part of a big company's market share. Uh, that same thing could be happening right now to, to Lyft and Uber, and that's another that's another thing, right? It, Jeff Bezos is famous for <laughs> for saying, "Your margin is my opportunity." So wherever you see margins out there. Uh, there's an opportunity with, especially if new technology comes or a way to optimize processes, uh, to, to go ahead and, 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 and build a business. Absolutely. So anything else that you would add as we're, as we're on the topic of, of, of ideation, you know, there's, there's so many different aspects we can do, but I think we wanted to have a a quick little, little, little primer about this topic.
1: I mean, one of the biggest things is just that your idea never stops. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you might have like a feeling or vague intuition at first, but then like you're talking about it all the time. Like people would talk about how Steve Jobs would wander the hallway and like he he would talk to everybody that he saw and he would say the idea for what the iPad was going to be or what the iPhone was going to be. And he'd get to where he could say it in like four words.
0: Mm. Right. And
1: so that process of, of finding a problem space, finding a customer group, and then just really getting that idea tight, like The idea never stops. The idea has to keep going. And as the founder, your job is to be like the person simplifying and amplifying that, that vision to as many people as possible. So the idea isn't just week one, the idea keeps going throughout the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A final thing that I'll say is that in light with basically piggybacking on what you just said, it's important to, to go. It's important to ship. It's important to, have a heart for your market and the people in your market, and and provide value for them. Because I'd say the vast, vast, vast majority of startups start out in a, with a set of pr- features in their product or, or thing, and then it evolves and it pivots and it goes a different direction. So, what's more important with your idea is <laughs> does your idea again come back to this decoupling or, or inability to sort of separate to its uh, reduce to its component parts? Does your idea come with a team who can execute? right with the right sort of resources and and money that you can execute so that you can ship i i, I and other venture capitalists definitely agree that it the, the frequency of the ability to ship update features ship new features talk to customers do that feedback cycle the 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 ability to do that at a rapid pace is a higher uh uh signal for uh, a startup success and somebody who may have a really neat and tight business model, you know, and a compelling idea, it's you really just got to ship and provide value. And that, that speed and why everyone talks about that hustle culture in startups, while there's a whole set of things you got to be careful not to burn out and you know watch your mental health and all that, which is extremely important, having the right team so you can all collectively hustle while not burning out, that's the art form. And that's, mm-hmm. if you're onto something with that, I think you're on, you're, you're, you're on a path toward, toward a really great startup idea.
1: And, and those are the people that can help give you motivation. They can help hone the idea.
0: They can make it fun,
1: right? Like there's a huge difference. Like if it's work from day one for you and you're not looking forward to your idea, like that might be a sign that your, your inner child uh, wants to do something different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right. So click the link in the show notes, jump in and get involved. Mike, really appreciate you having, having you back on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing all the ideas. All right, a couple quick things before you go. Number one, I have a general newsletter where I write about technology and startups and health science and teaching people to code. And I write about a variety of different subjects that we talk about on this show. So if you go to wclittle.com, there you'll be able to subscribe. And you'll also be able to subscribe to particular topics. If you're just interested in one or a few of them, you'll be notified right when I publish new content in those areas. Number two, my partners and I at ProtoVentures Ventures have a portfolio company called Startup Rocket. If you go to startuprocket.com, there you'll be able to receive coaching guides and customize an operations framework for you and your team and your advisors to be on the same page in terms of what is the appropriate next step for you and your entrepreneurial journey. And finally, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review anywhere that you have listened to this podcast or watched this podcast, it would be super helpful to help those who might be interested in consuming this content as well. Thank you.